0: I'm Angele, I'm a mother of five daughters. They are three, five, 12, 16, and 18. What led me to self-directed education, I think it's many different things. First, I think I've always uh, had this as kind of a philosophy that you know people teach themselves and can teach themselves and that we're all you know uniquely gifted and talented. And that if people were given the opportunity to to explore and find and cultivate these talents and gifts, that the world would be just a whole different place. That was kind of my thinking as a a really young kid. And I think it just kind of, you know, carried with me. And then as I uh, decided to become an educator and studied education and the Montessori method, I was always just kind of leaned to that point of view. So then as I got older and had children. I worked in the Montessori school for a while while my kids were pre-K, kindergarten age. And then I got a job at a charter school, which I really enjoyed. The administrator was very supportive and let us teach, you know, how we wanted to teach. And I, I studied education when I went to college to become a teacher and my end goal was to start a school. And, you know, I always had in my mind an independent school. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be a public school. I didn't want to be a private school. I didn't want to be a charter school. The only thing that in my textbook that, you know, resonated with me was an independent school. <laughs> so um, I always had this kind of idea in mind. And um, when I started to work for the charter school, I, I almost felt like, hey, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Like I found the place I'm supposed to be. And I just really poured my heart and soul into the school and trying to develop it and help it grow and things it's a really wonderful place. And toward the end of my working there, things just changed. You know, they started getting state funding. So, you know, they were teaching to the test and administrators changed and, you know, things just became different. So around the same time, my best friend, Stephanie, who's also with me in mathematics, and we had our oldest two kids at the same time. So we're like parenting buddies. And we're always, you know, comparing notes, and we're having a lot of the same experiences in in the school system. Um, Before I started working at the charter school, we had some really whack run-ins with public school situations. So I'm working here at the charter school, and um, she tells me about this book by John Holt, And I'm like, okay, I'll read it. And, you know, so I read it, and I'm like, Whoa. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Um, She tells me about this book by John Holt. Just eye-opening, mind-blown, yes, this makes 100% sense. Like I said, a lot of these ideas just resonated with already how I'd been thinking my whole life, you know, about how people learn and think and grow and develop. But the whole bit about, you know, how the school system worked and how, you know, industrial education and all that, that was a real mind blowing thing new for me. So here I'm working within this this school that I'm watching, you know, kind of transform and change into this other thing (laughs) that it didn't used to be. So then I decide and, you know, we both kind of mutually decided like, hey, let's homeschool and maybe she decided before me. I don't know. But we, you know, both did it the same year ending and I quit my job and everything. You know, the idea was that I was going to get my bachelor's because I had studied education in college and I became very disillusioned with my college experience. You know what I what I thought I was going to get out of it. And what I thought I was going to learn in a teaching program didn't really align with what I was learning. So that that's a whole other story in itself, like my own personal education story and like rebellion against that. So, yeah, I decided I was going to go back to school, get my bachelor's because I did want to still start a school. But I felt like who's going to take me seriously if I'm not even educated, you know, or what the world considers educated. So I wanted to do that. So I did that. And, um, and meanwhile, Stephanie was working. So we figured, you know, we're going to link up around the time that I finished college. You'll be finishing, you know, this fellowship with this nonprofit that she was with at the time. And we're going to do this. But then I got pregnant and I got pregnant again. And I had my, my last two children who are now five and three. So just in the meantime, we had just been tossing ideas around and writing stuff down here and there, but things kind of finally came together like late last year Because I was working, you know, just you need your bread and butter. And I was doing uh, online teaching for a company in China. And it was really great. And I probably would have got too comfortable working there. But I was having some attendance problems. (laughs) Really not too much, but they're very strict. So I ended up getting canned. And at the same time, her position ended. So the alignment came together and it's like, okay, let's get back on this. And let's make this happen. So that's kind of where we're at now.
1: That was the voice of Angel Berry, the co-founder of Imagematics. I'm thinking that's a portmanteau of imagination and mathematics, but we'll have to ask Angel. She and her best friend, as you heard, Stephanie, created a space, the Collaborative Learning Network that has the aspirations of becoming a maker space. Really excited. I definitely am gonna need to have Angel and or Stephanie on the show to talk about what they're doing with Imagimatics because it is a collaborative learning network. They're focused on self-directed education, which is, of course, learner-driven, and they want to also be part of building an online map for people everywhere to find low-cost alternatives to public education. So their site is talking to you a little bit about what makerspaces are, talking about where They're looking to create one in South Gwinnett or DeKalb County here in Georgia, because a lot of the spaces like that are often in the city of Atlanta proper. And they're looking to take it out into other communities. And right now they are offering programs that are really focused on bringing community members together, not just professional educators or retired educators to come to this space, this collaborative learning space and build community explore and encourage critical thinking and creativity and develop feasible alternatives to public education. So of course, you know, that's the space that we're all about. So Imagematics is a wonderful place to start in terms of checking out the site, getting in touch with Angel, and seeing how you can be part of it. The show notes page is akilasrichards.com forward slash seven one. And I'll leave some goodies on that page. So be sure to check that out. So episode 71, we're going to be talking about the ways that people come to SDE, as well as the needs inside of self-directed education and some of the offerings. So I'm calling this the three C's episode because I'm going to catch you up. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the previous episodes in case you miss those. And then I'm going to call you up. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get on a call with me and see whether you can be of support for me and I for you as I build this network. That's a special announcement. And then the last C is to tell you what's coming up. All right. So to give you a little bit of peek into what the next few episodes and the bigger picture around this raising free people work looks like. The last three episodes were primarily about entrepreneurship, the type of entrepreneurship that is inspired by or even directly serves social impact work. So episode 68 was Trudy LeBrun talking about the social impact of self-directed education. She herself was an unschooler, became an unschooling parent recently and works in support of folks to shift into self-directed education and to do more of the social justice work that self-directed education often guides us towards. So that was episode 68. That was so interesting. Then in episode 69, we brought back a regular to this podcast, Scott Speed, who, along with Atiba Nicholas, co-founded Grow which is a self-directed education space in East Point, Georgia. They recently moved, actually. So they have this revolutionary, look, world-altering model called the Community Supported Education Model, which is both refreshingly simple and a little bit intimidating, honestly, all at the same time. So episode 69 features Atiba Nicholas and Dr. Scott, Atiba is giving us the why around this and the idea around the model. And then Scott expands it a little bit more. Then in episode 70, we talked to Kelly Carbony Woods, who is an entrepreneur in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she does healing work through yoga and focuses on motherhood. And then her own lived experiences and really a lot of the training she's been doing has led her to understand The specific needs of self care and yoga in particular for black mothering. So that was a really enlightening episode. And it's always good to talk to Kelly. She always has something great going on. So go hit up her links as well. Prior to that, we talked, of course, I went to the Black Panther screen in Wakanda. You couldn't even see me make the Wakanda sign right now, but believe that I made it. (laughs) So I talked about why Shuri was my favorite character. And you'll hear a lot from maybe seven or eight people who also attended the same premiere that Chris and I were at. So that episode is there. I also spoke with Yolanda Acree, founder of Black Minimalist, about her own journey through de-schooling and why she founded the Black Minimalism site and what's happening for them. We also talked in episode 67 about the Liberation and Education Summit. Which was, as far as I know, the first self-directed education summit that sought to explain and really create space for how social justice is inextricably linked to self-directed education and how that is a liberatory model for certain families and communities. I included some clips from that, from the panel discussion. We talked, of course, about decolonization, which is an aspect of unschooling and deschooling that I'm really personally committed to clarity around so that each of us can understand what that connection is. So I was really excited to be a part of that and be able to share that. And then prior to that, we were on the last three sessions of the de-schooling release party. So we heard from a doula and birth worker, Moji. We talked to um Aisha, who is a woman living in Berlin, married with children and really a world traveler who talks about how travel is a form of liberation for her. And then we talk to Kim Hester, who's out in New Jersey. She and her husband, unschoolers, raising their daughter. They're also entrepreneurs. <laughs> That's a running theme through this podcast. Everybody that I've mentioned here and every topic that I've mentioned here, we tie directly to the work of raising free people. So all of these topics connect to it. And in our family, that shows up as unschooling. So that's always gonna be something that I bring to the discussion as well, all right? So go binge listen now with a little bit of a roadmap (laughs) of what you missed. All right, so now that you're all caught up, I need the opportunity to call you up. So here's what's happening. The podcast has brought me in connection with so much more of an understanding, a broader and deeper understanding of the ways that self-directed education is valuable and liberatory and urgent for so many communities that I am seeing the ways that my work can support that even more than it's doing now my intention with creating this podcast in july of 2016 was to do this very thing to to amplify the voices and create community not a sense of community but actual community on the ground and digitally for people of color who are exploring or immersed in self-directed education the same way that i knew then that the podcast was a way to find and amplify those voices. I know now that I also need to be amplifying the voices of other people who are amplifying voices around freedom, around liberation. So I've been using this term, raising free people, because that's what came up for me when I was writing about the way that we unschool and the mindset around it. And now it feels like The umbrella, the same way self-directed education is the umbrella and unschooling is one way that some of us engage with it. Raising free people feels like the umbrella and then fear of the free child. This podcast has been such a powerful way to share those voices that I want to expand it. So fear of the free child podcast will still happen every week, but I'm also going to do some short run series and I have four of them lined up already. With folks who are, they either identify as unschoolers or their story very clearly speaks to de-schooling, working towards liberation through a decolonizing or shedding of a particular mindset or, you know, system of power that they subscribe to and how that shifted. And so there are four people. Right now with whom I'm working to create these series and they will be produced under this Raising Free People Network. And just saying it out loud (laughs) is so freaking exciting. But it also comes with, um, with the realization that I need help. I need more help than I've had ever before because I do have a sound engineer that I work with on occasion, but mainly because of my process, because I do these recordings with folks and then I listen back to it so that I cannot be in interviewer mode, but I can really just listen. And then I write around it and then I do the intro and the outro and that's what I produce each week. We're going to be doing some short run series. It'll be like six episodes and we'll release them all at once and you'll have that full body of work that tells their story. There'll be others that may still be released periodically, like weekly or every two weeks, but then it'll stop as of a certain date. All of these will be free for you to listen to and to share this movement of raising free people. But I need help. So I'm going to tell you what I need, right? But before that, the way to reach me about it, if you hear this need and you say, oh, I definitely am available to do this, or I know someone who I think would be great for this, even if it's short term, I want you to go to my site, com. There's a voice memo button to the right of the site. Click it and just leave me a message. Let me know, leave your callback number. By you sending a message there, it'll automatically give me your email address as well. So if you prefer that I respond via email, you could just let me know in the voice memo and I'll do that. Or you can email me directly at she at com S-H-E at com And I'll follow up with you there. So this team is gonna help to run this network and build out these communities. So there are five moving parts to this outside of me. A communications manager, a writer, an as-needed audio engineer, a graphic designer and an administrator so you know this podcast started from a pain point right go listen to episode 0 and episode 1 and um i want to be able to provide that space for other people too to share their pain points and also the solutions to them that they've developed around this work of liberation inside of parenting and education and this is happening already in so many places you know georgia tennessee north carolina washington california all of these places at the local level where people have formed in-person communities as a result of hearing each other on the podcast. <laughs> so I want more of that to happen. And I don't want it to um slip away from us the ways that we can be a lot more deliberate about doing this. And I know that one of the ways that we can do that is by sharing these stories and amplifying these voices. So this is what we want to do, right? Some folks got together and opened their own schools. Others found out about the exact type of self-directed education school that they wanted and became members of that learning space. One woman moved with her family from Japan to Tennessee and connected with Sonia, who her and Marie founded a school in Nashville. And now that woman knows exactly where her daughter will go because her daughter is excited about that particular type of space. So that's happening with me doing this weekly and still working heavily on my other projects, including the ones that I do for money. You know, I write, I'm a freelance writer primarily. Doing the podcast is not financially sustainable currently, but I'm working towards that. And I really am getting the opportunity to talk in more group settings about the work. And sometimes that's financially beneficial. Other times I just need to be there. So this is my way of like not thinking anymore, like this one woman show really adding a level of, um, teamwork <laughs> that is the only option really for building something out in this way. So the way that I'm doing it currently and the need that I'm seeing now, there's a problem. And so I know that it's time to grow. So we need more protein. You know, I need to be able to produce episodes that give. More resources, more details, and then other episodes that don't even include me, which are those short-run series. So those sort of things will keep communities up to date on the people who are starting spaces that won't look anything like a learning center, for example. We need to know about these spaces that emerge from the needs of each community. And then I, through this network, want to be able to share resources that people can use to apply self-directed education tools and resources to their specific needs. So I need a communications manager, a writer, an as-needed audio engineer, a graphic designer, and an administrator. And I am going to put on the show notes page a little blurb about what each of those roles would entail. Some of it, I want to develop that with the person who's working on it with me, but the core expectations and the time that I think it would take, that'll be there because that's going to help you make an informed decision as to whether you want to leave me a message or send me an email or not. So taking this big step forward, because that's the feedback that I've gotten from the communities that I've been privileged to tap into really just by virtue of a member of that community saying, yes, I want to be on the podcast or I want to talk to you completely off record. I've just been In a lot of those spaces, a lot of really wonderful conversations, a lot of really fucking heartbreaking conversations, and a lot of encouraging conversations, including ones that are encouraging me to take this step forward. All right. AkilahSrichards.com forward slash seventy-one is gonna have a little bit of those details. And then you can leave me a voice memo or an email if you are interested in supporting. I don't have a huge budget. You can see how much I make on Patreon and I'm willing to split that up. We can figure that out. And also I will be working on growing the Patreon community. So if you want to be part of that, it's patreon.com forward slash Akila, and you can give a monthly or one-time contribution to Fair of the Free Child podcast. Greatly appreciated. So we talked a little bit about the past. Talked a little bit about the present and the vision for the future. And I guess this is the continuation of that vision. So you know what's coming up with the Raising Free People Network and you know what sort of things we've talked about on the podcast. And one of the things for me around this big vision of it is to do more local community work. And sometimes that work will look like um, being able to do a podcast episode there so that after that episode, We can talk in person about some of the things that came up during that episode. We can look at ways to start local self-directed education groups, which there's so much support around that happening right now with the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. I'd be happy to talk to folks about that, ways to get that support and form those communities so that we don't feel so isolated and vulnerable, and also just doing the work in the form of trainings. Also, you know, those agile learning tools that I've been talking about. If you listen to the podcast, you heard Marley and I talk about change up. One of the projects I have coming online huh, with one of my favorite people is also about change up using these agile learning tools in our lives, not just for our children, but also for ourselves. So if you are interested in that, which you totally should be if you're listening to this podcast, I want to tell you about a couple of opportunities for you to really understand and even incorporate agile tools and also how you can help nurture and facilitate self-directed education just in your own home, in your community. I used to think when I saw, when I first met Thomas and found out about, they call them ALF, the Agile Learning Facilitator Summers, I was really, really intrigued by the tools that they use that checked out the website and I was actually getting the experience Of seeing Thomas utilize the tools to help the Alliance for Self Directed Education and then got to see it afterwards with Marley and Sage while they're attending Heartwood. So I understand a lot of it definitely in practice and the theory of it, because there's some mindset work that happens with these sort of things. And then there's the practical application. (laughs) And both of those are heavy. So if you have been dabbling in or exploring or researching self directed education, And you want to take it out of that research phase and into the stage where you can apply it, you know, in real life settings and just practice it with folks who have a lot of practice. You have a couple of opportunities this summer. One of them, Heartwood is hosting, Anthulia. I was going to not say the name that I made up for them, Anthulia, but I'm going to say it, (laughs) is Anthony and Julia, the two primary facilitators. And then more recently, Maymuna, a third facilitators on board. They are going to be facilitating this ALF summer at Heartwood, June 7th through the 15th. And I'm just going to read it because they put the words together and they sound good. Do you want to train to become an agile learning facilitator? Are you looking to support self-directed learners in both individualizing their education and building healthy community? Are you interested in the intersection of agile tools, consent-based decision-making, and self-directed education? Of course you are. (laughs) want to find tools and practices to adapt for your own education-based initiative, then this opportunity might be for you. HeartwoodALC.org. So check that out. It gives you all the details for what happens from the 7th of June all the way through the 15th. And I'm super excited that they're offering this here in Atlanta. You absolutely need to be exposed to these tools because they are life-changing. I'm telling you. Anthony and Julia, and I'm not sure if Maymuna is going to be involved in this one, but they're all really great at this type of work, very experienced in it and very understanding in terms of meeting people where they are. So that's June 7th through 15th here in Atlanta. And then in July, I will be co-facilitating this one with another Atlanta homie, Scott Speed, (laughs) along with Thomas and Nancy and Lacey, who are running ALC Mosaic in Charlotte. So they are doing an ALF summer, which they've been doing for some time now, and I'm going to be part of those first three days of the ALF summer training. So they do what they call foundations, the first three days, the 9th through 11th of July, and that's where you learn about the core ideas of the model, dive into your own personal de-schooling process, those sort of things, and I'm reading directly from the website, ALCMosaic.org. And then the 9th through the 13th, you're going to build upon the foundations and then actually co-create some of these practices in a way that you can really take with you. And then the 9th through the 20th, then they go into all of the details and then you'll have some mosaic students in the mix as well. So you can really put these things into practice in a multi-generational way. And that one's happening in Charlotte. Again, it is July 9th through the 20th right? And you can do little blocks of time, little chunks, three days a week, the full gamut. I will be doing some raising free people work in that space and the whole family is coming through. So I'm very much looking forward to that and wanted to make sure that you knew about it as well. And I'm telling you all these links, like I'm not going to put all of this on the show notes page. I'm going to make it super easy for you. So remember to check out com forward slash seven one for all those details. Another really dope summer experience that's happening with Anthony, who's also doing the Heartwood training, he and Michaela, founder of the Life School, they are doing a one week summer travel adventure. It is self-directed, of course, it's going to incorporate agile learning tools, so they will be exposed to that as well. And they'll be traveling to Savannah to explore the city under this self-directed umbrella. So it's not going to be an experience like conventional school where they're just going to say, okay, here's the field trip. Here are the seven things that you need to get done. No, we're talking about group activities. We're talking about self-direction. We're talking about personal growth, all wrapped up inside this one-week summer adventure. So it's levelupsummer.com. They're accepting ages 13 through 17, and there is some flexibility in that. And it's happening July 16th through 20th in Savannah. So check out the show notes page again for those details. Fear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary,
0: learning with our children, and deschooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities, and treating children with dignity.
1: Creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces.
0: Breathing life into liberation practices proactively
1: and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education. Loving. It's about learning.
0: Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akila